0: Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're in a series called Honor for Honor. And we are training what I believe is the most important message for the sons and daughters of God. I believe it is a now message. It is, of course, timeless, as the word is. But there is something about this moment that I want you to please grasp. I want you to see it. I believe it's going to help you and strengthen you. In fact, the message that I'm preaching is really not for where you are. It's for where you are going to. And you're going to need this message. Amen. Uh, The title of my sermon this morning is A Vessel of Honor. Vessels of Honor. Honor. So 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. We need to just define and bring some context to honor and how important honor is in the kingdom of God. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me for those who honor me, I will honor. That's honor for honor. In God's kingdom, you cannot, you cannot function in this kingdom without understanding the spirit and culture of honor. If you do not have honor in, in your heart, and you do not understand what it is, some people are failing, they don't even know why. They're failing in life, failing financially, failing in their marriages, failing, you know, even in their bodies, and they're not They don't even know why they're failing in life. But God made you to be a failure. God made you to be a success in this life. You were made for victories. Come on, somebody. You were made for exploits. You were made to go from glory to glory. You were made because Christ doesn't make any failures. Come on, somebody. You know the story around this KFC proposal really got us this week, right? I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I thought it is like, that is absolutely phenomenal, but here's, here's, here's the thing though. Here's the thing. The girl, and I don't want to mention the name. She 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 mocked this guy's proposal. In KFC, that's what stirred this whole thing. So so he proposes in KFC over a streetwise two <laughs> And. The- And they're all around this thing in KFC and they, you know, taking this, the video so that everybody can know about it. And so the girl comes in and says, well, how cheap are these men? Come on, the guy's being honorable. The guy's being honorable. He wants to honor God. He wants to honor this girl. Does it matter where? That is the message. It's honor for honor. What does God do with this thing? This girl turns around, says something. "Ah, These men are useless. How can you propose? The guy hasn't even got... He came there with with a bus. Yet he's being honorable. And the whole world responds. And all of a sudden, everybody's donating to to make this marriage and this wedding day successful. What's God doing? The boy is honoring God. It's called honor for honor. Because the marriage bed... It's honorable. You're honoring the Lord with the marriage bed. So that becomes very powerful. But here's the thing that's important. Here's the thing that's really important. For me. Kentucky turns around because from one view, this girl says, How can you go to Kentucky to propose? Kentucky as a brand turns around and flips this thing on its head to say this is the place where is romance. You see what he done? So everybody's donating towards this thing. What are they doing? They are protecting their brand to say this is not a cheap place. This is actually a place of romance. Do you understand that anytime somebody comes against you, becomes heaven's problem because it's affecting the Grand of heaven anytime they come against you and they speak ill of you God has to step in and f- the story because it is affecting heaven shout yes and amen I'm loving that it was a lead us into paths of righteousness for whose namesake for his namesake so everything that touches you affects God it's the brand of the kingdom. Your failure is not just your failure. It affects all of us. Because heaven's saying no, no, no. According to our brand, there are no failures here. I said there are no failures in the house of God. Your family failure is all our problem. You not getting your breakthrough is a problem for all of us. You not coming into your highest payday is a problem for all of us. You need to come in. You need to walk in victory. You don't have a choice but to succeed. You are sentenced to success and you're going to serve it full term. Shout yes and amen. That's why God says, those who honor me, I will honor. It's honor for honor. So God, you've got to be trained up in honor because I'm teaching you not for where you're at. I'm teaching you for the poor you're going to. So now let's understand. Honor is the willingness. uh, Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. Difference in people. Difference in moments. Difference between this pastor and another pastor. This church and another church. This God and another God. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. That's Mike Murdoch says that. Why do you want to recognize difference? So you may know whom to honor. You don't have to, know. You, you don't go on Father's Day, go to your neighbor and honor that man, that father, and not honor your own father. That father is different to your father. You hear what I'm saying? Your children are not the same as everybody else's children. You, it has, there's got to be a culture of honor. Sunday is not an ordinary day. It's The day we, no matter if there's power or not, we're coming to church. If it rains or not, we're coming to church. Why? This is the day that the Lord has made. He set aside this day so we can honor Him. Come on, somebody. Your tithe, your 10%, all of that is helping you understand money and how to separate. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. Why do you want to recognize difference? So you may know whom to honor. You don't take, you don't eat the whole hundred rand. You put 10 rand aside because that portion belongs to the Lord. Then now you're operating in godly wisdom. It's wisdom. There's a difference between a time and a season when you're in time. You know, nothing's happening supernaturally, but you're sowing and you're serving. Your season's coming, and God will do things in your season. So, honor is, here's a definition, is your willingness to reward people for their difference. We had a pastor's appreciation service a couple of weeks ago, and they stood and they came to honor their pastors. Others put monies aside and say, this is to honor my pastor. Because honor is the willingness to reward somebody for their difference. People are mad. Oh, why do you give your pastor's appreciation? I mean, you know, and, and the people got lots to say about that. No, no, I'm your pastor. And if I'm your father, where's mine honors? Malachi 1.6. There should be honor. As long as you install a father in your life, where is the honor? So honor becomes important. That's the reason why God made every man even in his home. That if you, you, you don't have to love your father, but he's going to ask you, he's going to demand that you respect him. That you honor him. Because that comes naturally out of every man, out of every place. It's a place of honor. The Father was created, God God your Father. When you call Him your Father, then you must be willing to honor your Father in heaven. So, the importance of understanding the power of honor in your life. And so, honor is the willingness to recognize, uh, is the willing to reward somebody for the difference. The difference between the poor and the prosperous is whom they've chosen to honor. And parents, even this morning with this baby dedication, honor your mother, your father, and your mother, Exodus 20, verse 12, that your days may be lengthened upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. God has given you children. Now, if you've taught them to honor you and to honor God, you've taught them enough. Teach them to honor and you've taught them enough because now you're lengthening their days. You're lengthening their days. You're lengthening their days. You're lengthening their days. You're putting in inside of them a generational blessing. You know, the word generation is made up of two words. It's the ration of genes. Anytime a person has failed to honor, their genes get rationed to one generation. It's the ration of genes. So when I honor and I sow seeds of honor and I become a person of honor, I now activated the next generational blessing. Because now my genes will go beyond my generation. It will continue in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. So you honor, you teach them how to honor you as a mother. Don't They're not your friend. They've got plenty of friends. They need a father and a mother. Someone say amen. So don't leave it to the government and don't leave it to the schools. They're going to mess it up for you. You must take responsibility to raise up your children around honor. Honor makes you a fragrance, and dishonor makes you an odor. That's the huge difference. It's so glaring when you start to understand honor. You'll see somebody dishonorable in the marketplace, in your job, in a home, in a church. It's so, it's, it's like, it's so, I mean, wherever I come in a, in a boardroom meeting or or I'm traveling the globe. Or I'm watching how people treat either me or their pastors or, or mothers or, or children and how they're operating. You, it's, it's so clear eventually that this person and this family is a dishonorable people. And they are older. It's like they give off something that, that you just don't want to be around them. I, I mean, I, I'm concerned about that because I, I don't hang around with people that are dishonorable. They don't honor God. I mean, you want to marry the guy, he doesn't honor God, I'm going to change him. You can't change anybody. If he's dishonorable to God, he's going to dishonor you. Okay, let me speak to the, to the ladies. If she's dishonoring God, he's going to, she's going to dishonor you. You need to install this spirit of honor wherever you go. You need to understand the importance of it. Glory be to Jesus. Now, who I am speaking to this morning, I'm speaking to the transition, the transitional generation. You are the, tra- the, the, the generation that God is using to transition people out of religion and into the kingdom of God. You are the generation that is moving out of poverty into a place of prosperity. You are the generation that's moving out of the wilderness and coming into the promised land. You are the generation that's going to lead a a, a people into the promised land. So when you understand the importance of this, God is is raising up a David. When you go and study David as, as, as a part of the transitioning generation, God takes a shepherd boy and moves him through the ranks until he becomes the greatest king that Israel ever had. A shepherd boy, a shepherd boy. this boy had honor in his heart, and the fact that he could honor even King Saul, that was no longer a king, he was his superior. God took care of this boy everywhere he went. If you study his life, you'll find when people came up against King Saul, who was disqualified, David wouldn't dishonor this man till his death, wouldn't dishonor him. He, he honored, listen to the scriptures in First Samuel 18, verse 1. David now, God fetches a shepherd boy, puts David in place, tells him he's 15, could be 15 or 17, 15, 16, 17. Anoints him, he takes Goliath's head off. Now God's moving David because you live life on levels and you arrive in seasons. So God moves David up in the ranks to become the king. But the, the golden thread in David's life is the fact that the boy honors wherever he goes. So David is now, everybody's attention is on David because David is now, uh, he's taken, he's not, he knows he's king because God chooses him privately. Nobody knows, his family knows, but nobody else knows. But because of the anointing on David's life, he's able to take at Goliath's head. Now he's got God's attention and the people's attention. Not God's attention, the people's attention. So David comes into his, his transitioning. He's coming into his new season. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. So the old king, King Saul's son, his name is Jonathan. You guys are going to help me this morning. Was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Look at the covenant relationships. Look at the honor that even the previous king now comes, his son comes and honors David. Watch the honor. Saul took him that day and he would not let him go home to his father's house. That means he's now transitioning. No more shoveling sheep dung. No more going out and, and taking care of the sheep. Is now coming into his destiny and God is opening up new doors. Can I prophesy that over somebody in the season? That you are coming into a new season. New doors are going to open for you. God is going to transition you before the kings. Your, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Somebody shout amen. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off his robe and the like, pick up verse 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him. Saul's no longer king. But David, God is growing him up and developing to become king. So 15 years later, David becomes king at 30. But while he's developing in the 15 years, God is developing him and he is teaching him. The number one lesson was not anything else. God would take out Goliath's head. God would would raise him up as a leader. But God is teaching this boy how to honor a king that is not, that is disqualified before God. A king that is disqualified before God. God is training David for 15 years how to be a man of honor. Now he didn't have to train him that. It's just the test came because David was honoring his father with the sheep already. But David is now moving with God. So David went out wherever the soul sent him and behaved wisely. May you be wisely in the, co- in the new courtrooms. May you learn how to walk wisely because God's going to open up boardrooms for you. But if you don't have the spirit of honor on the inside of you, you're never going to be able to stay in the boardrooms and negotiate on the level that God is calling you to. Doors are going to open for you for the palace, but you must learn how to honor God. And where do you get that? You get it in the house of God. And Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted. Where does that come from? It comes from this place of honor. In the sight of all people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. This boy is so honorable in all his dealings. The kings are seeing him and the people love him. Because the boy's got this heart of honor. Now it happened as they were coming home. When David was returning home from the slaughter. Let's get past that. I, want, I need to move on. For the sake of time, let's move on. So this boy is operating in this new level. He's coming into the boardrooms. He's coming into notoriety. He's coming into God making his name great. But David is focused on honoring God. Honor is not a natural thing. It must be taught. And God's going to give you tests of how to honor, how to honor. You are transitioning with everybody else, but God's going to teach you how to honor in the season. Let's get to Jesus. Let's get to Jesus. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? He's giving them a clue. This is who I actually am. I am the son of, you know, who, who are they saying the son of man am? I am. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you Simon but Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then he says, now that you got the revelation right on the one level, he says, who am I? I am the Christ. He says, now, you got revelation from God. He says, you blessed. He says, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock of revelation of who I am, I'm now going to build my church. Next level. He says, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth Will be loosed in the heavenlies. He's giving him three building blocks. This is who you need to understand who you are and why you've been born again. There is more to you than coming to church. There is more that God is calling us to do is to come in and transition into the highest state that God has got for you. But if you don't have understanding, you won't know why you're going through what you're going through and what God is actually calling you to do. Some people are stuck, and I'm saved, and I'm going to a heaven. You were then born for a purpose. Of the thousands of firm that never made it, you were the one that did. You are a winner from the womb. Come on, somebody. God chose you to win that race. You are a winner from the beginning. Come on, somebody, say, "Amen. Now I want to show you something, and I give a bit of understanding, and the teacher gift to come through so that you can just I glass grasp something so you can just build something with me. There are three levels. Jesus is speaking to him about three levels. But this never be- was at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Can the two of you help me? I want you to just go on top here. Dismantle this thing. Take the, take the, take, just lift it up. Good. Dismantle the white one. I want to show you something. There you go. Keep it right there for a moment. Show you something. Then God, in the beginning, there was no church. There was no Sunday morning. There was no problem with power in the beginning. There was no worship team. There was no need for somebody to get saved. You with me? There was no need. There was no need. In the beginning, then God said, this is what he did in the beginning. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Give them a place to rule from. This is what God gave. It's, 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 the word is rada, in Hebrew. It means kingdom. Give them a kingdom to function from. Take the gold one, put it on the blue one. So this is the beginning. This is Adam and Eve. It's called heaven on earth. No church in between. Are you with me? He has but keys as a son of God and he's making all of the earth like the Garden of Eden. He's functioning as a son of God in the earth. There's no Sunday morning and putting on a worship song. He's having fellowship with God every day. He's having church every day. Why? The glory of heaven is covering the earth. Adam doesn't have to go to clear water to buy any suits. Come on, ladies, I, we need, you need to be freed from that thing. In Jesus' name. Mac is making too much money from you. You, you, you. There was no need to cover yourself. The glory of God was upon Adam and Eve. There was no need for anything else. There was the, the presence of God was so powerful. The glory of God all over them. And all the boys, the boys got three things in place. One, he's got the presence of God, two, he's got the provision of God. Three, his God is he's, he's fulfilling his assignment. Those are the three things that Adam had. Adam's walking in the cool of the day. God brings him the animals, and whatever Adam names the animals, that's what they are. Because God is moving with his boy, and he's proud of his he's made in my image. And he's functioning the way I function. And Adam's looking. He's got no university. There's no UJ to tell him what to do. There's no vits that he has to go to to educate his mind. This boy is looking into the image of God. He's getting a download from heaven. And whatever heaven is doing, Adam is doing in the earth. Come on. He's, he's got no one else as a reference point. He's only got the mirror of heaven. And he's looking at God and he's like, ah, that's my boy. And he's looking and said, dad, whatever you do, I do that God could bring an animal to him and whatever he named the animal, that's what its name was. Heaven on earth. When Adam and Eve dishonored God, they had to wake up. God puts a tree in the garden as the power of choice on Adam. He says, you don't eat of this one freely eat of everything else but this tree I leave in the middle here is to teach you how to honor me because honor comes from the heart and honor is a choice he dishonors God and when he dishonors God, you know the woman went and she ate and nothing happened but it's always the woman's fault nah when God came to Adam, he says, <laughs> by the way, I never asked for this woman. You said, it's not good that I'm alone. Let me get of that, because I think there's counseling we're going to need on this one. When they fail, heaven and earth, there's a disconnect removed. The Holy Spirit leaves. The glory of God leaves. And now you're left with man on earth alone. The disconnect between heaven and earth takes place. There was no church. There was no Sunday morning clap, song, sing. uh -uh -uh. The reason why you need the church The church is not the kingdom. The church is the vehicle through which the kingdom flows. Watch now, watch. When Jesus comes, he says in Matthew chapter 16, who do men say that now? Here's Adam in the earth, naked. God goes and sends the last Adam, his name is Jesus, to do what the first Adam should have done. And he goes and he installs Jesus, the Son of God. And if you are saved this morning, clap your hands and bless. Now Jesus says, they believe, the world is yet to separate who I am. Who do you say I, the Son of Man, am? They got no wisdom wisdom's ability to recognize difference. Ah, some say you Elijah. Some say you're the prophet. Some say you uh, He says, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But who do you say I am? He says, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one who holds the key for everybody else. He says, flesh and blood, you are blessed because flesh and blood didn't tell you that. He says, and now I'm going to and on this rock of Revelation, I will build my church. Build a church. He says, I will install apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors. Why? To restore the image of a fallen man. To fix what Adam did wrong. I'm going to send you to a church. I'm going to send you to a people. I'm going to give you a pastor. I'm going to send you to a people that's going to build back the fallen image that you're struggling with. Because if you don't have your... Go back, go back, go, go back Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Watch. Let us make man in our image. What's the image? It's got to do with the class. You come from a God class come from a monkey. You don't come from somebody else. You were not born to your parents. You were born through your parents. God has got a plan for your life but you come out of God. Do you understand that? You must understand that if you do not honor God how can God honor you? How can God show you who you really are if you never honor Him and His church? you got to honor Him. you got to honor the people that God has sent to teach you. Those who rule well, the Bible says they're worthy of double honor. You separate them. That's what God's teaching you. And what is the world trying to tell you to do? Everything is opposite with, with the devil. You don't even know is this the girl's toilet, is this the boy's toilet, or somewhere in between. What they're trying to do? They're messing with the image of our generation. Because we need to separate, there's no wisdom. And now we're sitting with court cases where the boy rapes a little girl in a toilet. What what else do you think is going to happen? Where there's no sign to say this is boys, girls, and. Okay, let me get over that. The image has got to do with the class. He says, according to our likeness, the ability to function. Here's the revelation. When God puts you in a church and He gives you the church, The first thing he does is he fixes the number one thing you lost. The first gift. The image. That's what you lost. So that you can function. Put it on top. And I will give you the keys to what Adam lost in the garden. So that you can function as a son of God in the earth, many people are looking for dominion. They're looking for a way that they can rule in the earth. They're looking finding a way of how to function as a son and a daughter of God, because you were made to be ruled. Come on, that's the reason why I don't see that Manchester tops on anymore, because they're not on the top, they're at the, the bottom. That's the reason why. There's a problem. Why? You don't want the people to know that you're a loser because you were made to be a loser. Just saying that you'll never work alone. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The point is that every company, every place, every family, you were made to rule on the top. You were made to have dominion. That's the reason why you are frustrated and you get depressed because you can't get a breakthrough in your finances or the right relationship. Because nobody wants to walk around. No child that has brought you before this morning is ever even going to think when they grow up that I want to become a loser. I want to be four, six times. Uh, I want to fail in business. I want to be a drunkard. I'm going I'm to be begging for, for, for food on the, in the streets. No child. Because you were made to rule. But if you do not honor the church, if you do not honor this building block, You will never rule in life. Ask me. I've tried it. Until I was 36. What? The church is a waste of time. They just want your money. I spoke like you speak. Sitting in that chair. I'm going to go and study. Systems analyst. I beg no one for nothing. I got enough education. And you are going to come and ask me for a job. it was me. And yet everything that I tried to assemble fell to pieces because he gave you the building blocks. You get involved with the church and you honor the church. You honor the leaders in the church. You honor the people in the church. It's the reason why many people don't go anywhere. Why? They treat the church as like hatching, matching, and dispatching. You must it. Hatching is baby dedication. Matching is for weddings. Dispatching, you figure it out. You've never started treating the church like this must be honored. This moment must be honored. You can't transition up here without you honoring the church of the living God. My time's up. Guys, you may be seated. I appreciate it. Clap your hands and appreciate them. Let me say this to you. There's coming a day. You're never gonna need to go to church anymore. Jesus is coming back. The need for pastors is gonna be gone. The need for people to get born again? No more. Why? Because the heaven on earth is coming to establish his kingdom. And this middle layer of churches be gone. He's going to be seated in Jerusalem. And he's going to rule over the world. The way Adam should have. He's coming. Oh, you're missing it. Your moment to clap is now. He is coming back. Stop living like Jesus is not coming back. Stop living like he is not coming back. He is coming back, I am telling you. That's the reason why every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Whether you are born again or not, you're going to have to confess that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You need to praise the Lord this morning. You need to honor Him with your lips this morning. You need to honor Him with your heart this morning. You've got to praise Him this morning. Come on, I need this church to bless the Lord this morning. Don't let the enemy rob you from your destiny. By being dishonorable. God is using people in a tremendous way. Okay. Let me end with this one. I gave you David and we'll go on with David in another day. But I want to just touch on Joshua because you're in this place of transition. I know you. God is speaking to you. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 1. They, they moved out of bondage. God puts them in the wilderness. It's the process. But of the two million that came out, two of the original goes in. Joshua and Caleb, they are of a different spirit. These boys, God is going to use them to enter into a place that no one else would go into. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites were who were on the west side of Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before before the children of Israel until we had crossed crossed over that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. So these boys are coming in to possess. The land's not empty. The land is occupied and there's beautiful houses that are built there. Let me say that. If you're going to enter into the promised land and become what God has called you to be, get ready for a big house. Why? Giants don't live in little small houses. So who's going to stay in the other seven rooms? I didn't build it. One day, they're there because big houses are in the promised land. These boys are getting ready to enter into a place that other people wouldn't. They want to play church every week. They just want to play games with God. They're not making, getting serious, entering into with the keys to unlock the cities. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. Wow. How many foreskins that you have to even name the yield? And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised him. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the, on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness—all people born in the wilderness—some of you don't know the bondage we come out of, even before apartheid. I grew up in that space, when I had to ask the neighbors, "Can I permission to stay next door to them?" My first house I bought. Moving on. For all the people who came out, had been out had been circumcised but all the people born in the wilderness on their way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised some of you have never been circumcised before the Lord and I'm not talking a natural thing that's old testament I'm talking about new testament circumcision in Philippians 3 and 3 the new the circumcision in the new testament is not one that's of a natural circumcision listen to what Paul says for No, give me me Philippians 3 verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. That when God is bringing you into the promised land, you can't come in there with your own idea. Your own way of coming in. No, but I got an education. Paul said, "I, I count my education as rubbish. Because I'm entering into a place of where I want keys of the kingdom. I want to function in the spirit. Though as a son of God. And it belongs to you. Because God's calling people to grab a hold of the keys of the kingdom. Go back to me to Joshua chapter 5. Where were we? I think it's verse 6. Where were we? They walked 40 years in the wilderness. And they struggled. Give me verse 7. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Next verse. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal. Now watch. Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. They were going to honor God because God gave them a promise that there's something coming out of the, in the promised land for them. But it meant that to honor God, they had to honor the people that they were going to walk with. They had to turn the casual relationships into covenant relationships. Are you hearing me? God's been speaking to me about re-evaluating all relationships before this year ends. You need to ask yourself: is this person a casual relationship in my life or a covenant relationship in my life? How would I know? Don't call me father if I can't correct you. If I can't come before you and deal with personal issues, anytime you deal with people and say, You got I tell you you got it wrong, and the thing that you're doing is not right. You get offended, you cannot get offended. Let me tell you what offense means for a child that's, that's supposed to be transitioning. It just means another lap in the wilderness. See you in five years' time. That's what it means. You can't get offended in the season. You can't, if you're going to transition, then if God's going to circumcise, you know the circumcision, What if, is God speaking about circumcising your heart in the season? That I can't hang around with casual people anymore. You show me casual people that build anything. No casual, even even when it comes to a marriage. The couple is there, then they're together, and you know, one day they're going to get married, and there's no date set, but they're hovering together forever. It's a casual relationship. Until they step into a place of covenant, you ain't seen the power yet. Until they begin to honor one another in the place of covenant, then you start to see that one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand to flight. These boys, all of them, Joshua takes them and he circumcises them. What does circumcision look like natural for you today? Is when God gets personal with you. After being circumcised, you don't go running around and no issue. No, no. Circumcision is about putting your finger at a certain place that is really personal. And it hurts. And it's the stuff that you held on to. Here's the announcement. Every new season is announced with a knife. Every new season you're going to enter into, God announces it with a knife. The thing that's going to cut away that grew in the wilderness. The relationships that grew in the wilderness. The attitudes that grew in the wilderness. The things that are keeping you from walking into all that God has got for you. But that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. There's two times that God had to circumcise me to come up here. The first time, I'm in the middle of a pool. Love the Lord. I love Jesus. I'm saved. I know God's doing something in my life. Somebody arranges for us to end up at the Wild Coast Sun. In the middle of the pool, the middle of the week, the Lord says to me, I want you to go and start the church. I burst out laughing. Remember, I'm a finance guy. I'm a businessman. I'm... I've been studying in, a, in one direction. I write software. That's what I do. God says, no, I'm about to change your whole future. I want you to start a church. I'm laughing because the worst kind of place to be, I mean, the way they treat pastors, and maybe it was even me and my little attitude of in my heart all the years anyway. Because you don't think much of pastors. You know, they must come to your house and you give them a bit of a cake and a bit of a tea. And those Guys used to come and knock on the door. that at home. Come, uh, is your father here? We've just come to fetch the tide. I'm like, what the hell? What? You 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 know whatever they dish you out, and they they just bring you the the scraps, or whatever. Ah, but he's such a humble man. And you know when you come to the house, and then. It's, it's bonus time over, over Christmas. And that, that, that washing machine, that praising in tongues, that one, that one they give to the church. I'm like, what? A pastor? Now my reference point is that. And I'm no way. After coming out of driving the best cars, staying in the best house, going on Halloween when I want to go, and become a pastor. No, man. You know, you have drug lords and then you have pastors underneath there because they don't treat them like anything. And the church still prays for them. Lord, if you keep him humble, we'll keep him poor. The devil is a liar. You've come to the wrong church. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. We are wealthy. We are overcome. Come on, somebody. I am not broke. Shout yes and amen in this church. They like to say, ah, but he doesn't look like a normal past. Good. You don't act like a normal past. Good. I'm a kingdom man. I said I'm a kingdom man. And we're possessing the gates of hell. We're walking in victory. All my sons, all my daughters, they're in Dubai, they're in Zambia, wherever they go, whatever they do, whatever they put their hands to, it must prosper. You are child of the king. Yes. You've allowed nobody to circumcise you until you died on what you mark a scrum Because I'll get in your face and I'll tell you that. The way you're treating your wife, the way you're acting like a crazy little man. You want to die in the wilderness. Because what is that? That's circumcision. When I can get into your face and say, stop acting like that. Get married, man. Honor the Lord. Don't come here with your half-selling an idea, then stealing other people's. Are you telling me my time is up? Don't make me come to the back there while I'm fighting like this here. Why would you want to steal someone else's ideas? Go and pray. Listen to me. People get it wrong. The difference between pray and sowing a seed You can't pray for money. Some of you are shocked. You cannot pray for money. Because prayer is in the revelation equation. You sow a seed for your finances. You want an idea? Go and pray. First, God's going to give you strategies of how to make money. But stop believing this that they're going to spit on you and you put 10 rand in and you spin five times around and then tomorrow you're going to get them. Stop that nonsense. Stop acting like a crazy child. Those are wilderness people that act so crazy. Oh, Papa One, Major One. If he gives me a word, everything's. Stop that. Start honoring the Lord, honoring his church, honoring the people that God has got alongside you. Let us all be circumcised the way we need to be. God deal with that attitude and that mindset. You've come up with all kinds of excuses of why you should remain in the wilderness and never coming up into the promised land. Let me end. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 But in a great house, the title of my sermon this morning is Vessels of Honour. In a great house, how many believe that we, the kingdom is a great house? We're in a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor. Some in this house are for honor, and some for dishonor. Next verse. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. Listen, God does not decide who goes into the promised land and who becomes a vessel of honor. It's not with God. He says if you choose to cleanse yourself from the filth, from the dishonor in your life, he will be a vessel for honor. Sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every work, and I will give you keys. Put up the seven mountains for me quickly. Not the church. The church is not the kingdom. The church is the vehicle through which the kingdom moves. The church fixes your image, Mm -hmm. so you can function in the kingdom. He says, if you have the mountains for me, the seven mountains. There are seven mountains that, that one of these mountains you're supposed to climb. Your difference, the impact you're supposed to make is either in media, arts and entertainment, education, business, government, religion, family. There are seven mountains that governs every community. And the problem with the church is we've been playing church. And not once are we considering that we actually need a vessel that is of honor. That God can put a key in your hand. And when you climb the education mountain, God's going to give you structures, strategies, systems of how to change the education system. I am so tired of the church joining the toy toy of, of the sex education thing for our children. Now there is a place for that. But what's the answer? If the devil can't come in through one way, he's going to try another angle. What we're looking for are kingdom education centers. Those are all the mountains that affect every one of us. Oh, you know how my boss is treating me? Start a kingdom business. Oh, you see what they're doing with our children in education? Start the education system. Oh, the government and the people in government, they're all thieves and criminals. Then go into government. Be trained up so that we can have a kingdom person on top here. Arts and entertainment. This is the reason why you're having Kanye West. doing what he's doing. That's what Tyler Perry, what's he doing? He's changing the media for a godly standard. It's kingdom businesses putting up. What has God done? He's putting keys in the hands of vessels of honor. I preached my heart out this morning. You look at me like this. Can you honor the Lord at least for the vessel in your midst? Every one of those must be occupied. Right now they're being occupied by ungodly Babylonian people. What about you? When is your business bring honor and glory to God? If I become a vessel of honor and I choose to be cleansed of everything that is dishonorable and I serve in the house of God and I honor God on that level, God's going to open up doors for me and give me access to the next level. If you're concerned about a thousand rand tie, you're not ready for kingdom resources. The kind of money in the kingdom of God (laughs) flew to Chicago. You're watching the guys over there. These guys own airlines, baby. They own malls in different cities. For the kingdom of God, they're building education systems for the kingdom of God. You're struggling with two cents. The pastor, dump that attitude, that dishonorable attitude, dump it. It's stopping you from coming up into the kingdom. You thought it was about church. The devil duped you. He's got you. It's never been about the church. He says, that's just the building block that I put something else on for people to possess and act like Adam did in the beginning of time. Let's stand this morning.